Hello and welcome back to the Many Sports Talk Show. I'm your host, Zach. I'm joined by Ramon, Lucas, Kayo, and Chris. This is our second episode of the week and we're excited to be back and talk about more sports. We have a very interesting episode today. Make sure you stick around to the end. We're going to be playing a little bit of trivia at the end of this episode. But before that, I want to uh, start talking about Tuesday and Wednesday's Champions League second leg matches. The first one was Manchester City defeating PSG 2-0 or 1 on aggregate. Kaya, earlier this week and last week, we were pretty confident with uh, PSG. What, in your opinion, went wrong for them in that game? Uh, yeah, I was. I didn't. I just got mad at the game, so I just left. But I was watching uh, the the parts I watched. Uh, I just felt like they were really playing their game the best. And like, as I said, if they did play their best, they probably would have won. But they didn't play their best. They didn't have Mbappe. They had like a lot of things that were like, not going their way. And like a bunch of like they were just getting mad at the the ref most of the time, and it was just it was just bad. Chris and Kyle, do you guys think that if Mbappe had played that game, um, it would have made a difference in the score? Um, I don't think it would have really changed anything. Because if they play like they played, even with Mbappe, they're definitely not going to win. They're, they're, playing, they're, they're playing terrible. Chris? I don't think it would change nothing if he was there. Because they stop him in the first game, they probably do it did in the last game too, if he was there. Yeah, I said it on the show, I think a week or a couple weeks ago. I feel like Caillou kind of gave me a funny look when I said it, but um, I think Ruben Diaz has played like the best defender in the world this year, better than Ramos. Um, and obviously, Van Dyke's been injured, but I think. He's really elevated um, City's defense. And in that PSG game, the second leg, PSG had um, over 10 shots, but not a single one of them was on goal because they were all blocked by Ruben Diaz and John Stones and the other defenders. And I was really impressed by his performance. And I think um, that man of the match that they gave him was deserved, even with Mares scoring two goals. Uh, do you agree, Kaya? Yeah, oh, I think they did a really good job. The defense like always there, and they're blocking every shot. And I like I saw how they're like doing things and like trying to get Neymar so that, and they actually did. So they did a pretty good job. And yeah, Kyle, who do you think is, or do you think Ruben Diaz is the best defender in the world right now? Oh, but with the game I saw from him, yeah, he was playing pretty good. He was he was doing everything right. Chris, is there anyone else who you think is in that um, competition for the best? And um, to win, like he he do a pretty good job. If he keep going, he might get the Ballon d'Or. I think. Yeah, that would be the first time for a defender to win Ballon d'Or. Uh, if he were to win it, I mean, obviously that's a long time away. It's only May of this year. But I think, I mean, thinking about the Ballon d'Or, if City win the Champions League, they'll have, that'll be their third trophy of the season. And you'll have to probably look at one of their players as one of the main contenders. And it feels like either Ruben Diaz or Kevin De Bruyne as that guy who um, is in that conversation. 
Um, one thing I want to ask you guys as well is Rio Ferdinand um, said that he thinks right now on form, Phil Foden is the best young player in the world over Kylian Mbappe and Haaland. I think that's a pretty bold statement considering how good those other two guys are. Do you um, guys disagree with that or maybe agree? Oh, and yeah, I don't, I don't think he's one of the best. I mean, he's probably one of the best, but I don't think he's better than Mbappe and Holland. They did a pretty good job, even though they didn't pass the Champions League. They, they have the same odds in like other ways and change pretty like they did a dear like they did the spots and things. Uh, Chris, what about you? So I think they need more, more experience to prove themselves. Like, the been pretty good so far. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, one of the reasons probably that uh, Ferdinand said what he did was because of the performances that Foden has given at the top level. Like, I think Mbappe and Holland are more consistent in their league games. They give you more production there. But in um, the knockout games in the Champions League, it seems like every single one of those, Phil Foden has put in a really good performance and elevated his team. So I think that's kind of what um, is affecting Ferdinand to say that. He's seeing him as like a big game player. Um, so PSG, uh, obviously last year, lost in the Champions League final. And this year, they're out in the semifinal. Um, obviously, Neymar and Mbappe, um, are the two main guys for their team who they spent a lot of money on. Kyle, what do you think, or where do you think they need to um, re-strengthen in order to get those guys to Champions League? Um, I just saw they were in talks with Messi, and they said they have a pretty good offer, and it's like some offer that like nobody will like ever refuse it. But it, like I don't think they should actually just stick with their uh, with the offense. I think they should like. I check their midfields and like other places too, and so just offense all the time. They're just buying good players in offense, but like they're they don't have good players to help in them back if anything happens. Chris, where do you think uh, PSG should look at this upcoming summer transfer window? Um, the the defense to to improve the defense. The bad defense this year. Yeah, I mean, their defense, I mean, obviously they let up four goals over two legs, which isn't great, but it's tough against a team like City, who's so prolific. Um, PSG's in a weird, pretty weird spot this year because they usually run away with their league, but they have some um, stiff competition in the French league that they might not even win this year, which would be really surprising. Um, I think PSG, I agree with Chris that they need to get better defensively because they already have two of the best attackers in the whole world. I don't think that's an area that they need to work on, especially if they stay healthy. On the other side of things, um, last night, Chelsea defeated Real Madrid 2-0 to move on to the final. Um, Kyle and Chris, let's just start with your first thoughts on the game. 
Uh, I think Chelsea definitely deserved like their win there. They played pretty good. The I forgot the name, but like the American guy. Is it? Yeah, I forgot his name. Yeah, I think that's him. Like, he was like playing really well, and yeah, I think he's probably he's getting the spots there and did a pretty good job. Chris. Um, I agree with Kyle. They are pretty good team, and they 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 needed this win, like they going in the final versus Manchester City. It's pretty good. Kyle, I want to go back to that point you made about Pulisic. Um, in the recent months, he's been playing very well, and. Yesterday's game, he didn't start, came off the bench in the second half, got an assist that um, pretty much secured the game. Were you surprised that, um, considering how well he's been playing recently, that he wasn't a starter for Chelsea? I think it might be a strategy way of doing things. I think they were playing more kind of safe in a way. I mean, though they, they, they had tap, they, they technically had to win because they tied there, that uh, away goal. I think they're trying to play more de- defensive, but then they, they wanted to do something else. They switched up and put him in the game, and he got the assist. So, I th- like, I think he's, a, like, a game changer in Kelsey right now. So it's like a, a super sub for them. Yeah. Chris, were you, were you um, surprised by that decision, or do you kind of see what Kyle sees? I kind of see what Kyle sees. Yeah, uh, I think – um, and his play style, just being a really um, quick and fast player, works well for someone to come off the bench when later in the game some of the other players are more um, fatigued. And his speed can be a real game changer. But as a person who only um, kind of looks at Chelsea and their performances, um, like as an American fan, like you want to see Pulisic play as much as possible. Because uh, you want to see him develop and uh, be a main player in their big games. So that was what I thought. Uh, Kyle, so in a couple of weeks, we'll get the final between Manchester City and Chelsea. Obviously, as the weeks go on, we'll talk more and more about it. But what's your first uh, thought on the game? Um, I think it's going to be here. Pretty close. It's a close game. They're both playing at the best right now. Chelsea and Manchester City. But it's, I, I don't know. I think it's going to be a very close game. It, I think it's a one game, right? It's a one game. Yeah, just one game. Yeah. I, I think it might go to the penalties or like it goes to overtime because it's probably going to be one of the best matches in 2021 right now. Chris, what's your uh, first thought? Uh, I think Manchester City will will be champion like in two zero I think something like this. So just to make sure, you said you think Manchester City will win. Yeah. Is that what you said, Chris? Yeah. Kyle, do you have like an early prediction, or you just think it's gonna be close? Uh, uh it's gonna be close, but I think. Chelsea might take it. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm putting my faith on Chelsea, but I'm not sure about that too. I think um, City definitely have the better players, but 
I think Chelsea match up very well with City, the way they play. And they played each other a couple weeks ago in the FA Cup, and Chelsea did win one nothing in that game. But I think um, at the end of the day, just Manchester City having more talent is going to uh, carry them over Chelsea. So that's my prediction. Uh, so thank you guys for talking about uh, the Champions League. Now I'm going to move on and bring on uh, Ramon, the NBA analysis. And uh, it's been a while since we talked about the NBA. Uh, and since then, Jason Tatum of the Celtics had a huge 60-point game, comeback win against the Spurs. Um, what do you think about Tatum, Tatum's performance in recent weeks? Tatum's been dialing it up, but the Celtics as a whole have definitely not. Like, they went down by 30 against the Spurs in the first half. That's pretty bad. Weeks away from the playoffs when you're going to play teams who are, are not going to, like, roll over. They're going to they're gonna bring it to you. You look at the top of the East with the Nets, the Bucks, and the Sixers. Those are solid teams. And the Celtics have looked broken at times very often. And I, I worry about them. And I sometimes worry about Tatum's shot selection because they fall like they did that night, but then there's going to be games where they're not falling. And if he's missing 10 threes, we're probably going to lose. Yeah, uh, Jason Tatum, is. I agree with you. His shooting is pretty inconsistent. There's nights where he hits every fadeaway shot, every um, step-back three-pointer that he takes. And then there's nights where he's shooting three for 18, very inefficient, and I think it hurts the team. Um, but that being said, I still think there seems to be a bit of a question still around, um, you know, sports people in, in Boston, New England, if the Celtics should be all in on him. I think I and the majority of people are pretty confident that Tatum's going to be the future, but there still is that crowd that kind of believes Tatum's never going to be that guy to, you know, bring the Celtics to the championship. What is your thought, Ramon? Should the Celtics, you know, be all in on Jason Tatum? I think they should 100% be all in on Tatum. I mean, 6'10 wings with seven-foot wingspans who can score at all three levels do not grow on trees. And they really, with the picks of him and Brown, they were very fortunate and they made great selections. That's their core. And they have built a roster around them, but I'm, I don't think it's the right roster. I don't think Kemba was the one. Like, Kemba, he's a liability on defense. And offensively, we really don't need his skills. We do not need a shot creator. We have we already have those with Brown and Tatum. I would like them to go after uh, a point guard who can defend and also pass and is big, and that's Lonzo Ball, like, perfectly. He's unselfish. He can play well with them, and he can defend, and he's big. Because you look at the East, there's a lot of big guards. You got Drew Holiday, Harden, um, Simmons, mm -hmm. like Kemba. He's six. Kemba cannot guard anyone, and we saw that in last year's playoffs. And he wasn't producing offensively, so that really led to their demise. And that's why they lost against the Heat. I can put a lot of that on Kemba, just being a liability out there. I want to add on to Lonzo Ball. I think. This year and last year, his shooting has improved tremendously. That he is at this point uh, 
pretty consistent three-point shooter. I think he'd be great on the Celtics. Um, of course, his contract is up after the season. And the Celtics are in a pretty tough cap situation. A lot of big contracts, Tatum, Brown, Kemba. But it'd be you know, he'd be a perfect fit on the Celtics, I agree. Um, the thing for me with Tatum that uh, I think is kind of a, a result of the new culture in the NBA, and a lot of people say this about him, is that he doesn't really have that, that killer instinct. And I think it has to do with, like, basketball players nowadays compared to the 90s and 80s are so, like, supportive of other players. They're all, you know, friends. They all knew each other since high school growing up, playing AAU ball together. And it kind of seems like Tatum, and it's not just Tatum, it's so many other players around the NBA almost uh, want to see the other players succeed too much, I feel like. They don't want enough for themselves, I think, sometimes. And they're kind of content with um, allowing like other players to have big games because they want to see them succeed. And I think that's having an effect on Jason Tatum's uh, defensive play. Because, like you said, I mean, he's a 6'10 wing. He has the tools to be a top defender in the NBA. And it's just some nights he's lazy on the defensive end of the court and, you know, allowing these other players to get their shots. I, just, I think, obviously, in the playoffs, it's going to be a little bit different. But I think he needs to be more consistent on the defensive end, end of the ball before he becomes a true superstar in the NBA. Yeah, I feel like the league has transitioned more into just shooting threes up and down the court. And players like that, they don't, they don't need to defend because they can dial it up in the playoffs, but as a team, they're not going to dial it up to a point where they can defend at a high level. And that's the problem. They're just, the effort's not there with Tatum defensively. And it's, we know it's going to get better once the playoffs come, but to what level? It's not where it should be. It's going to be where, where it is. And I think I see the same thing with Jalen Brown sometimes. Like he's probably even an even better defender than Jason Tatum. He's so athletic, but I mean, it's just, these regular season games, you can't take too much out of it because it's, like I said, that's the culture of the NBA. So many players, starting with LeBron and Kawhi, they take uh, games off just to rest. So, I mean, I think the Celtics come playoff time, they need to all lock in defensively and play like hard physical Celtic basketball. Um, and speaking of the playoffs, I think we both agree that it's extremely important for the Celtics to get out of the sixth seed and find their way into either the five or four seed. Because the top three seeds in the East, you have the 76ers currently the one seed, the Nets as the two seed, and the Bucks as the three seed. And I think we both agree that the 76ers are the team that we want to see the most as Celtics fans. Do you agree with that? I definitely agree with that. I feel like they're definitely weaker than the Bucks and the Nets. Um, However, the way they've looked this year, it's going to be a series more than it has been. We've dominated Philly. I think that Philly could definitely get two games on us to yeah. make it a series. It's definitely not to say that Philly's a bad team. Like, they're still the one seed. They're just – I don't think they're as um, – they don't match up with us as well as those other two teams. But they're still – they still played really, really good basketball this year. Yeah. Um, I'm just really scared of the Nets and the Bucks. Um the Nets because their roster is unreal. Yeah. And superstars always take over in the playoffs, and they have three of those. Um, and the Nets, I mean, the, the Bucks, 
um, they always play well against us, especially in the postseason. And uh, Chris Middleton is a Celtic killer. Yeah. So I don't want to see them. Hopefully the Celtics, we're currently the sixth seed, you know, finish the season on a good run and get up to the five or four. Yeah. Um, that would mean they would play either the Knicks or the Hawks in the first round. Are either of those teams um, scary to you? No, no, <laughs> not one bit. I mean, yeah, the Knicks are trying hard when no one else is in the regular season. They're able that they've won get good for the Knicks, but they're they're gonna get folded in the playoffs. And same with the Hawks. The Hawks are they're not a threat at all. I don't because I don't know how to feel because like when you look at their rosters, we should be the Celtics should be a much better team than they are. But they just they get more results. They have more wins. They have a better record than the Celtics. So I don't I don't know how to think about it because we should beat them, but this Celtics team has um, disappointed me constantly this whole year. So I don't really know. Yeah, I I just think it starts with that point guard position where I think Pritchard should be a point guard that comes off the bench. I don't think Kemba should be the point guard that starts and that's in the game in final moments in the playoffs because he's a liability and really you look at the roster, he should not be taking the last shot. It should be Tatum. So why is he on the floor? Offensively, he's not a good playmaker compared to other point guards in the league. It's a pretty average playmaker and a decent shot creator who can't defend. And having him on the floor when you're playing elite guards like Kyrie would kill him. Yeah. He can, We cannot play the Brooklyn Nets with Kemba on the floor. We would get killed. Even last year, Goran Dragic, whenever he was being guarded by Kemba, got everything he wanted. Kemba couldn't do anything. And that's that's Goran Dragic. And he's not an all-NBA caliber point guard like Kyrie or Ben Simmons is. Yeah. Dragic, he's crafty, but again, you got, you, he cannot defend. Yeah. And he should not be on the floor. But we paid him so much money, and he is an all-star. <laughs> so he's going to be on the floor. And it's very hard to win games with him on the floor. I don't know if you've noticed, but I feel like every um, sports store that I go into, there's always so many Kemba jerseys, never any Tatums or Browns. I think because of uh, how big that free agency signing was, they kind of overproduced and overestimated how many people would want Kemba jerseys. And they're always just, you know, on the, the aisles that no one's really picking up. Yeah, I'm... Uh, I don't think that he should be in Boston much longer. I questioned it when we got him because just the type of point guard that he is, what needs does he fill? Yeah. And I, I don't see any, really. I think they were just desperate, you know, losing Kyrie and Rozier. Uh, do you think it would have been a better solution to just re-sign Rozier and have him as the point guard of the future? Um, yes. I'm not sure if Rozier fills the holes that we needed that we need to be filled, but I think he's definitely better than having Kemba. And hindsight is 2020. I mean, at the time, Rozier, you know, he was a solid bench player, but we weren't looking at him the same way we are now, as he's having a bit of a breakout year in Charlotte. So it's easier to say. Um, one thing I want to ask you, Ramon, is you obviously don't like Kemba Walker in the end of the game. Um, but, you know, last five minutes of the game, who do you think the Celtic um, uh, five-man lineup should be? 
So I want to see Smart out there, obviously, Tatum Brown and Robert Williams. And I think that fourth spot is a big question mark. Who do we have that we can plug in there? I mean, I think you play Tatum at that, you know, four position because that's just the NBA now. There's no, you know, uh, post-scoring fours in the league anymore. They're, they all can shoot, and Tatum can guard those guys. I think you, you play Tatum there, and then you uh, keep Fournier on the court as another score shooter. Yeah. <laughs> um, Not for you? I think Fournier, he's definitely a good scorer on his own, but I feel like when Tatum and Brown are on the floor, they're going to be looking to score. And so Fournier, he may not get the shot that he would want to. He's like a Carmelo Anthony type scorer where he needs to get his buckets and he can't necessarily get them off of someone else. So I don't really know who, who they could plug in there. I like Romeo Langford, but he has not had the experience, nor has he proven that he should be out there. He has a lot of promise, but definitely not this year. How about Peyton Pritchard potentially? Uh, I like his offensive skill set. I like his effort. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure if he can defend uh, any elite point guard. I mean, they're so good. Not too many people can, but he would definitely get blown by and the, the defense would break down. So I feel like that just that reveals the hole that the Celtics have at that one position where they don't have a point guard who can defend. So we can speculate all we want, but I think realistically we know it's going to be Kemba, Smart, Brown, Tatum, and then either Tristan Thompson or Robert Williams, which is a little bit concerning. We've talked about Kemba. Um, you know, I don't know if this, if this Celtics team is going to be great at you know shutting games down, closing up. It's a concern I have for this team. Yeah, definitely. It's they just don't have the roster to shut down a team. So um, a little bit of broader NBA talk. We talked about Lonzo Ball earlier. He has been hot recently for the Pelicans, who are currently in the 11 seed. Um, do you think they find a way to sneak into the play-in tournament? I haven't looked at their. I know they've been winning games, but I think they have to like win out and get lucky with losses from other teams. I think. It's probably too little, too late. I would have liked to see them win more games. They've lost so many close games. Yeah. Uh, I just think the way that they have it set up with Brandon Ingram's role, that's why they're not winning. I feel like Zion could definitely take five more shots, ten more shots than he takes right now because he's so efficient. And Ingram maybe shouldn't take up mid-range jump shots early in the possession because those – in the modern NBA are just bad shots. Yeah, I was super disappointed by the Pelicans. Too much talent on that roster to be an 11 seed. Um, and the West has really surprised me. I didn't think the Suns were going to be as good as they were. I didn't think the Jazz were going to be as good as they were. And I definitely didn't picture the Lakers as a six seed in May. And uh, speaking on that, LeBron recently commented that, you know, as Lakers being the six seed, they're one seed from the play-in tournament, meaning if they were the seventh seed, they'd be playing in the play-in tournament. And LeBron said that the person who made that rule should be fired. That was pretty funny. Um, overall, do you think the play-in tournament is a good idea, or do you agree with LeBron that it's not a great idea? 
Um, there's a part of me that says, why are we having these seven and eight seeds play more games? They're just going to lose. Um, but there's part of me that also says, why not give those teams momentum going into play a series where there are going to be the underdog? And let's see, because we'll see what happens. What if, what if a team in the playing tournament wins a series? Then it looks like it'll probably stay. So I guess we'll see what happens. But if they all get swept, I think they should just scratch it because it, it, it didn't do anything. I think it definitely means more in the West than it does in the East because there's a way bigger gap, in my opinion, from the top seeds in the East and the top seeds in the West. I think the 76ers and the Nets are going to wipe out any you know low seed that makes it there. Whereas the Suns and Jazz have been great this year, but they lack a lot of experience, both of those teams. And there's a lot of sleeper teams in the West, you know, the, the Warriors, the, the Kings. I mean, some of those teams, the, the Spurs, who you just never know. I think there's a lot um, smaller gap in between those teams. And I think you could really see a big upset in the West. Yeah, I'm not I'm not too sure about this year. I don't like I don't like the Warriors. Just feel like they have too many missing pieces and they get blown out way too much. I think that it would get handled easily. The Spurs, I just don't think they have the roster right now. I don't think DeRozan can be your only main guy. They have solid role players, but I don't think they have enough. And who's the other team? I think the Grizzlies are currently in. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't see any of those teams beating the Suns or Jazz, but I'm not too high on the Suns or Jazz in the yeah. second round either i i don't think that the suns will probably win in the second round i don't think they have enough experience or depth to beat a powerhouse team that they would probably see well yeah uh, the nba season the regular season is ending in about a week or two and the playoffs are starting soon it's going to be a lot of fun to watch but uh we're going to move on to the nfl draft obviously last week was the NFL draft. Um, and kind of want to close out that. Um, it's going to be the last time we kind of mention it. And we're going to do a little trivia with Lucas, Ramon, and Kyle um, on the NFL draft. We're going to keep score. It'll be a little bit of fun. And um, I'm excited to do it. So uh, I'm not able to share my screen right now. All right, here we go. You guys can see this fine, right? Okay. Here we go. So I have, uh, since Ramon is sitting next to me, you can go first. Am I spelling your name right here? Yeah, that's right. That's right. All right. Perfect. Ramon, um, so we have two categories. I'll explain them because they're kind of uh, or maybe a little bit confusing. So how many will be like how many players from a certain school were drafted or how many wide receivers were drafted, that kind of stuff. And then when was he drafted will be a specific player. What pick was that player drafted? All right. So Ramon, where do you want to start? I'll, I'll get on the board with uh... – when he was drafted 200 200 okay 
So one was offensive tackle, Panay Sewell draft. Uh, go with B, seven. Lucas? A. Kyle? Oh, C. Pretty sure it's A. The answer was? Maybe what? We're playing E, seventh. Oh, that was four, dude. The Detroit Lions. Ramon got it right. Yes, sir. Good job, Ramon. Thank you. Um... We'll just go in order here. Lucas, you can pick now. Uh, let's see. Uh, how many? 100? How many quarterbacks were taken in the first round of the draft? Lucas, you answer first. Uh, D. You say B or D? D. Kyle? I don't want to pick i I'll go B. I'll go B. B. Five. You guys are all correct. It is B. Let's go, baby. Five quarterbacks. <laughs> All in the top 15. Uh, Kyle, you can pick now. Um, let's go big. Let's go how many? 500. All right. How many players in this year's draft were taken from the SEC? And this is a all-time record, by the way, for how many players were drafted from a specific conference in a single draft. Uh, Kyle, you get the guess first. I'll go, I'll go C, 64. No. Stick with 64, yeah. Lucas? Um, I'll just do B then. Kyle and Ramon are correct. Oh, it was 64. Did you guess? Yeah. Ramon, you can <laughs> I don't know anything. Uh, when he was drafted, 300. When oh. did the New England Patriots draft Mac Jones? C. Oh, that's easy. C. You guys all got that one correct. Patriots fans, that was pretty easy. Uh, Lucas, where do you want to go next? When was he drafted? 400. When was the first running back to be taken that G. Harris drafted? Oh, I have no clue. Uh, C. Kyle? I'll, I'll go. It's a, it's a running back? I'll go, I'll, go, I'll go B. I'll go B. 20. I'll go A. Sorry to say, none of you guys got that one right. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, Kaya, you're up. Uh, I'll, do, I'll do how many 400? How many 400? How many defensive players were taken in the first round of the draft? Kaya? Um, I'll go B11. 13, C. Lucas? Uh, C. 13. Once again, no one got it. Uh, Ramon, you get the pick. Uh, five and he was drafted. Uh, this is a tough name to pronounce, but when was Jeremiah Owosu Koromora drafted? First round talent. Who fell to the <laughs> Ramon, you get the guess first. Uh, B. B. Lucas? C. Yeah. I'll go D. I'll go D. Lucas got this. It's a big 500 points for Lucas. We're tired. Lucas, you got the pick now? Uh, when was he drafted? 100. It's funny. <laughs> uh, when was Zach Wilson drafted? Oh, wait. <laughs> I think it's A, yeah? <laughs> Kyle? Oh, God. Oh, I'll go C. I'll go C. I think it's C. <laughs> C? Was it? 
I don't, I don't know. Look at the remote correct. It was A. I don't know. <laughs> so, and Kaya, you can. Wait, what do you mean? He didn't get a play. He got it wrong. What do you mean? I got it right. Lucas got it right. He said A. Oh, yes. Bro, <laughs> I'm about to lose this. I'll go how many 300. How many offensive linemen were taking in the first round? Ooh. Uh, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go C5. Uh, go B4. Lucas? Yeah, I think it's a B. The answer was five. Damn, Let's go. Kyle's in second right now. I can, we can oh, oh, Ramon already won. I get tied up. The- Ramon already won. <laughs> How many wide receivers from Alabama taken in the first round? Uh, Ramon, you start. B2. Lucas? Oh. <laughs> you can't get it. I think it's, uh, I think it's B. Yeah. Uh, I'll go different. I'll go C. Answer was two. Yeah. B. Damn. I'm tied. Lucas ties Kyle for a second. Is there another question? I'll just pick the same ones. No, that's all the questions we have. That's the Ramon for winning the first ever trivia on our show. You don't get anything but bragging rights, but yeah. congratulations. Thank you. And that'll be all we have for today's show. Thank you for watching. Um, we had a fun time making and uh, filming our show. And we'll be back next week to talk about more sports. So thank you.